Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Happy New Year. It's always good to be together. Welcome. I'm just glad that everybody's here. How many of you know that the new year always brings just new excitement, new activity? You know, like, every, like somebody said, you're forgetting what lies behind. But, you know, in order to move forward, we've got to do some review, right? Let's do a little bit of review. Uh, this was actually a friend of mine. He was doing some resolutions. And in, in 2013, he made a commitment. He said, I will go to church every Sunday. 2014, he said, I will go to church as often as possible. 2015, he set a resolution. He said, I will set time aside each day for prayer and meditation. 2016, this year, I talked to him. He said, I will try to catch the late night sermon out on TV. (laughs) Kind of progressed. I don't know if that was a good progression. You know, this time of year, how many of us are, you know, we're already thinking about our health and our diet and and our weight so, you know, I'm not going to say this was me, but I remember this was one I found. It was in 2010, I will get my weight down below 180. 2011, I will watch my calories until I get below 190. 2012, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get down below 200. <laughs> Things aren't going too good here either. 2013, I will try to develop a realistic attitude about my weight. I like that one. That was, that, right, Tommy? We like that one. You know, the guys, you know, the, the gyms will be rocking this week, first week of January. They'll throw out the cookies. 2014, I will work out five days a week. You guys do that? I will work out five days a week. 2015, I will work out three days a week. 2016, I will drive, I will try to drive past the gym at least once a week. That's just New Year's resolutions. I don't know if they're very good. I don't know if they're very helpful. How many of you have done this one? I will give up chocolates totally. 100%. Completely. Honestly. Come on, that's never going to happen. This is under them ones where, you know, you want to, how many of you got them things you didn't follow through on in 2015? So you make these determinations. You make these, you know, we're going to get things done. We're going to follow through on some things. Uh, Under the follow-up on some things that I didn't get done category, I will find out why the correspondence course on mail fraud that I purchased never showed up. That was on my list. I, I, didn't get, I didn't get that one done. <laughs> and we'll end with this one. We all have, we come before the Lord, we talk to each other, and we say, um, you've got to change some behaviors, right? We've got to change some of our behaviors. New year, new, new fresh start. So under the change, uh, one of the areas of, I'm changing some of my behaviors, it's a start buying lottery tickets at a luckier store store I've been using is, has, has no fruit on that store, so <laughs> not getting good results on that store. Like when we go to the casino, oh my goodness, you can actually go to the casino and be a Christian. Oh, come on, who likes that? I'd love to see, who, no, we won't do that. We, we won't put you on the spot. I tell, my, I tell my kids that their grandmother, who is now in heaven, loved Jesus with her whole heart. And she smoked and went to the casino. True story. She loved smoking cigarettes, couldn't get her to quit. Now she paid the price for that. You know, what you sow, what you, what you, what you, sow, you reap, right? Principles are true. And she loved the casino. I don't know why. I watched her for hours one time. Spending, you know, who, what is so fun about this? <laughs> Boring, right? Like, Ma, what do you enjoy about this? But anyway, that was just a side note. A side note that uh, let, let's declare this over each other. Every religious spirit that binds us, that hinders us, every religious spirit that tries to put us into a box, get out of here. Religious spirits that want to control us and judge us and 
manipulate our hearts because um, it's just religious spirits, Pharisee spirits, religious spirits. Jesus came to set us free from all that religion because he, uh, he's passionately in love with people. And uh, as we'll see even today, there's a, a, beautiful, a beautiful thing God wants to do this morning. I get the privilege this morning of introducing a, a fresh theme um, that God has put into our hearts as a pastoral team. And it has to do with this beautiful phrase here, and we're going to build on it for the next two months. Encountering God's love changes everything. Encountering God's love changes everything. There's always many different ways of saying things. We could say experiencing, encountering, experiencing the love of God will transform your life from the inside out. How's that one? Encountering God's love changes everything. Each one of us have a story to tell. Each one of us are, I I like to look at people and see a trophy of grace. We're trophies of grace. And each one of us have a journey that we're going to take that will be very different from each other's. But I believe one of the underlying truths, one of the things that we can all go back to and we can look forward to is these encounters, these experiences, these Times where we met with God, that God made himself known to us. He revealed himself. He spoke to us. He talked to us. He revealed his love to us. He changed us. So we're going to talk a little bit about what this actually looks like and what it means. And the thing I love about when we set out a theme, there'll be multiple speakers, multiple voices, multiple vantage points of what this looks like for each and everybody. It's always different. So I get to kick it off today. So I just want to talk about some of the wording. You know, Craig, I love when I hang out with Craig because he talks about defining. You need to define things. Encountering. Experiencing. Having a real experience with God. Having something that is yours. An encounter with God means it's something nobody can take it away from you. I'm going to give little stories through the journey. If you don't know my story, I realize when we, as we grow, there'll be people who here who haven't heard my testimony, so I'll make it real brief. But I was 21 years old, and I was sitting in a jail cell for selling marijuana. And my life was honestly on a path where I didn't know God, I didn't serve God, and I was sitting in a jail cell, and I had been court-martialed in the United States military, and Wanda and I were separated after being married several years. And in this jail cell... I wasn't looking for God. I was actually quite angry and quite arrogant. And through a series of events, one of them wanted bringing me a Bible that we never went to church. She brought me a Bible, and I was sitting in the jail cell, and I was reading the Gospel of Matthew, and I had my first encounter with a living God. And he spoke to me. So this is some cool stuff because you could be here today thinking, well, you know, does God really speak to people? So we're going to dig into this. But my story is that he spoke to me, and what he said to me was, I know every sin that you've ever committed. And it was Jesus talking to me. Jesus was talking to me, and he said, I know every sin you've ever committed, and I gave my life and shed my blood so that all your sins could be forgiven. And in that moment, however language you want to put to it, I said yes. I received Christ. I said yes in my heart. And he came into my heart, and I was transformed in that very moment. Everything about my life changed. I never went back. Now, there, you know, everybody, you know, the old prison thing, right? People find God in jail and when they get out of jail, so I was transformed. Within three days, I was sharing Jesus with other prisoners. And I was sharing my story that your sins could be forgiven. And I was already activated in the truth that which I had received. How many of you know freely he gives, freely we receive, freely we give what we have? So what you have, the revelation you have, the understanding you have, you might have a great revelation of his kindness, of his comfort, of his power, what you have freely received, you are able to freely give it out. So that was my first encounter. And I felt I had an experience where for the first time, I knew that I was forgiven for my sin. And I'll be honest with you, I had a lot of dark sin that nobody knew about in my family. I won't get into the whole story. 
but I felt loved and I felt accepted. In my life, I had experienced some horrible abuse. And in the journey of encountering God's presence more and more, through encounters with his presence, I was healed of the abuse issues in my life. And one of the ways you get healed is by forgiving. And I remember an encounter I had with the Lord where he came into, I was, I was uh, now older in years, I, had down, I was down the path, but he came into a meeting that I was at and he came into my being and he revealed to me this anger. Now you guys might find this hard to believe, I hope you do, but I was honestly a raging maniac. I was filled with anger and I had extreme rage. And I was remembering this as in my preparation of having a single encounter with the Lord and having him go way deep. And he healed that place of abuse. And I'm being honest with you, it took forgiveness to come into that, that healing. I, he, he talked to me and he walked me through the ability to forgive, which released me into healing and the abuse that I had experienced and the injustice that I had experienced and I was transformed. That was an encounter. These encounters continue through our life. I want us to understand that not every encounter is this amazing, supernatural firework display, dropping the ball, confetti, millions of people, explosions. No. Sometimes these encounters are very simple and they're personal. So when we talk about encountering God's love changes everything. We're talking about you having your own experience with the Lord. We're talking about you having an experience with the Lord that no one can ever steal from you. And it brings wholeness. And it brings security in you. And it it, it confirms your identity. It defines some of the things that God's doing in your life. As we have encounters we want to continue to grow in encounters. You know, this idea of experiencing God's love, it would almost be the idea of having a marriage or a relationship that you love. It's not something where I told you 20 years ago that I loved you. What's your problem? You know? It's literally, I need to hear his voice today. It's a, it's a, it's a re- continued relationship of experiencing him, of knowing him, of loving him, of walking with him. And as we continue to have these encounters with his love, I guarantee you will grow, you will mature, you will walk in victory, you will walk in love, you will walk in hope, you will walk with a heart of expectancy, you will walk in grace, you will walk in extraordinary love. It's just something that you will experience. So, I'm going to share a few more, but I want to, I want to share something uh, before I share a few more stories. I want to just begin, and we're just beginning this. This is, you know, you could be so exhaustive in this topic, but I want us to understand something as a community, as a New Hope family, as a church body. I believe with all of our heart we have a DNA here in New Hope that we want to go after people to experience God and to encounter God and to have their own stories and I love the word of God, and I love the body of Christ, but I'm telling you, I feel like I'm alive because I have a personal connection with the Father. And think about what God did in each one of us. So when I received Christ, or when I said yes to Christ that day, and I said, Jesus, I'm yours, what happened? I was born again. I was quickened. I was transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his Son. My life had radically shifted and changed And now I get to walk it out. And that's our journey. Everyone's journey is different. And then we have experiences with with, with God. He talks to us. So this idea of wanting to see people from the... I was in the back today deliberately because I was praying that I, I met some new people here today, people I've never met. And I realized my heart was bursting because the only thing I want them to really remember about this day is somehow they had an encounter with a living God who knows them personally. And that God can touch them and reveal his love to them and their purpose and destiny to them. That they would know and experience and encounter the God who is alive. That's what I pray. So as we, as we 
established this idea of having encounter, I want to share something that God already spoke prophetically to us that I believe probably the number one, I don't even want to put a number one on it, right? Because that's always that prioritizes the next person. Um, I want to say for me personally, one of the keys, one of the major keys is this ability to hear his voice. God spoke it prophetically this morning. This, this crazy thing that we can hear his voice. And I kept something here because there's one key for me that keeps me continuous. You know, we love this word sustainability. What sustains me? What keeps me continuing in my relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? This ability to hear his voice. To hear his voice over all the interference. To hear his voice over all the static, white noise. To hear his voice over every distraction. More than anything, to hear his voice over all the other voices. I want to say that one more time. Because I believe for me, it's a key. It's a key for me to have a sustainable, continuing, growing relationship with God. I need to hear his voice over all the interference, all the static, all the white noise, all the distractions, and above all, all the other voices. So hearing his voice is a pretty big deal. So I want to share with you, it's kind of fun. How many of you love studying or going on the internet and doing a Google search? So I just put God, I know in my heart I had some, I had some people I wanted to look up. So I just put God spoke to. Ever do that? On Google, it was fun. God spoke to, God spoke to Noah. God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Elijah. God spoke to Samuel. God spoke to Russell Wilson. It was on there. God spoke to the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. I just thought it was funny because it was like Noah, Moses, Elijah, Samuel. Russell Wilson was the next one. Must be a lot of hits on Russell Wilson. But it was just funny, right? So I'm looking at that thinking, it could be God spoke to Ralph Van Auken, right? So you just want to establish something. God speaks to us. God talks to us. And for the record, you can do your own homework on some of these. I like when you, you want to dig into it, it'll be on the tape, the reference will be there. For the record, God spoke to Noah, Genesis 8:15. God spoke to Abraham, Genesis 17, verse 3. You know, when God first spoke to Ab- Abraham, anybody know that, that story? He fell on his face. I'm going to share an experience, a very recent experience where God spoke to me and his presence filled the room and I fell on my face. And it says in Genesis 17, 3, and God talked with him. God talked with him. God spoke to Moses. How many of you love Moses? Right? Moses had some intense conversations with God. Exodus 33:11 11 is a great reference. But the thing I love about Moses is it says, I talk to him as a friend. Talk to Moses as a friend. He spoke to Elijah. He spoke to Elijah. I have to read this one, because this is just one of my favorites. You know, this was a a season, this was a, a moment of time where Elijah was confused, and he was running scared, And God revealed himself to Elijah in this story. Did I give the reference? 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. 13. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. 
And so it was when Elijah heard it. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful account? Here's the neat thing about it. How many of us try to take that story, and all of a sudden we take it and God can't speak through the earthquake? God can't speak through the fire. God can't speak through the wind. No, it's not what it's saying. It's saying in this specific situation, God didn't reveal himself. He didn't talk to Elijah through the earthquake or through the fire or through the wind. But it was a still, small voice. And one of the things I hope you put on your notes, God will speak to you in multiple ways in different ways. He will speak to each, each one of us in different ways. But this is a beautiful story that Elijah was confused and running scared, and he had an encounter with God by hearing his voice. And it was a still small voice. When we encounter God, some of the language we want to use is that we actually experience his manifest presence. The word manifest means that he shows up and he manifests himself. He's, he's revealing himself right on the spot. His manifest presence It's something that we long for. It's something that we can experience corporately and obviously it's something you can experience as an individual. But a lot of times in my journey, when I hear his voice and I'm tuned in and the static and the distractions and the other voices are gone, I have an encounter with his voice which usually manifests his presence. So I can always tell in different levels of how much what he's speaking to me. How many of you love the story of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3, right? I'm going to read this one. The Lord calls to Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In those days. In those days. How is it today in this new covenant where there's no veil between the Father? The veil's been torn. We have access to, the, we have access to God. We have access to a living God. We have perfect union with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of sin. His body was broken so we could come into fullness of healing. There is no veil. There is no separation. There is no, there's no blockage. What the Old Testament prophets would have loved to be alive in the new covenant, in, the new, in this new day. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord when the ark of, where the ark of God was, Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lied back down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I wrote down in my notes here, this will mess with your theology. How many of you, true story for me, how many of you can remember God talking to you before you knew him? Before you officially knew him, he was talking to you. If he was talking to you before you officially knew him and the word of the Lord had been revealed to you, the truck by the river, (laughs) the word of the Lord, the Lord will mess with your theology. Just try to put him in a box, he'll mess with you. He'll mess with you. The Lord, I remember times the Lord talking to me when I had yet not known him and I had, his word had not been revealed to me. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. This time I said, what the heck is going on? Here I am, you called me. 
Then finally, Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I think that's a pretty good response. Speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel was a young boy, if you know the story. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord in whatever capacity that was. If you know the story of Hannah, we don't have time to get into the whole story. But how many of you knew that Samuel grew to really hear from the Lord? He was a prophet. He heard the Lord like you were talking in person. So one of the takeaways there was that the Lord was speaking to him before he even really knew what was going on. How many of you love the fact that it was persistent? It was three times. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. How many of you think that he only talks to you once and he walks away? He'll keep talking to you. So part of this is to take this reality that God is alive and he's talking to you. And I do hope you've messed with your theology. For the record, God spoke to Jesus. The Father spoke to the Son. How many of you love the story of Saul turning into Paul, the transformation? God, Jesus himself talked to Saul on the road to Damascus. Why are you persecuting me? The Lord has been talking to people forever. He talked to Peter. He talked to, he talked, he's talking to everybody. So this idea that God is talking to you and he wants to be known by you. I pray that you're getting this today. We could talk about a lot of different things, but I just want to establish that God is talking to you. God speaks to us through his word. His word is the Bible. The Bible is awesome. God is speaking to us through his word all the time. How many of you know that God is speaking to us through one another? Through one another. One of my gifts, one of my strong gifts is the gift of encouragement. So when I bring encouragement, I am literally a conduit of God to bring encouragement to other people. Saved and unsaved. Those who know him yet, those who don't. We are conduits of his mercy and his kindness. So through one another, God is speaking. But I just want to go back to this idea that God can speak to you literally so that you know he's speaking to you. So that you know he's speaking to you. So I want to share an encounter that happened very recently. If you guys love me and know me, I can probably tell you that maybe you get sick of these stories because I'm going to tell you that Ralph was watching what kind of show? A football show. If you saw my DVR, that's why I pay for the NFL Network. Because I have every show that inspires me on the NFL Network. Timeline, 3030, football life. I am by myself enjoying these football shows. Like you would have no idea. I'm having a ball. Now on this, perf- on this one Sunday afternoon, Wanda was doing something. I was all alone, and I'm watching a show, and I'm being inspired by this show because this show is talking about, now related to something you do, like Karen, maybe Karen's not into NFL football, so I know Karen loves photography and art. She's an artist, musician. They they go to museums and look at paintings. You know, they like that stuff, right? History. So relate in here, it it could be you like technology, and Steve Jobs inspires you, or or music, Beethoven inspires you, or fashion. So just relate to me in an area where there is somebody who comes on the scene, okay? You know, in a hist- in, in hundred years, there might be a, one Michael Jordan. There might be one Einstein. There might be one Steve Jobs, right? So these idea of these amazing, to me it was this amazing football player who changes the game. You know, I like that because somebody comes on the scene and they change the game. 
And I'm being inspired by this, and I'm thinking, I'm talking to the Lord, and, and again, my, my emotion, I, I like getting emotional. I could be just laughing by myself. I could get a tear rolling down my face. But I'm being totally inspired by the story, and I can tell within me, the rivers of living water within me are beginning to, to move. And I'm beginning to be inspired, and then all of a sudden it happened. So you have to begin to understand, like Samuel, how does God speak to Dave? How does God speak to Jackie? For me, he manifested his presence in my little sofa, watching the football show. Now, this is a new one, because I know I share football shows, stories. And all of a sudden, I hear him say to me, now again, was it, was it Ralph, like Samuel? But it was as clear as a bell because his manifest presence had filled the room. And he's talking to me, and this is what he says. He said, I love your desire. He goes, since you were a little boy, you've had a desire to want to be exceptional, to want to be extravagant in something. So he's literally talking to me because I'm looking at these athletes going, man, these guys are game changers. They've changed the game. There will be only one of these people deep. For for years, they will talk about this person. And the Holy Spirit of the living God comes into my living room and says, you've had that desire since you were a little boy. And I did fall on my face. And all of a sudden, I am encountering, experiencing God's love for me. And he's telling me, he's going, he said, what you are extraordinary in from the time you were a little boy is you are extraordinary in love. That's what he said to me. And then all of a sudden, I got these flashbacks, you know, protecting the little kid in school who was getting bullied. My sister loved me because I was kind of a cool kid, you know, cool kids. I, I'm just being honest. But I was never a cool kid. I don't even know a lot of the cool kids are the most insecure kids in school. But I used to love, I would never, my, 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 my little sister maybe was a hair overweight. Maybe her friends weren't the cool kids. But man, I would love on my sister and her friends. I wasn't a cool kid. Am I making any sense here? I, God, in that moment, knew that my heart and my being, he talked to me. And he said, you are exceptional in this. And that's an encounter. When you have these encounters, you are never the same. I can stand before my whole church family. I can stand before the world. I can go on President Clinton's plane. On President Clinton. <laughs> that was not prophecy. <laughs> I was thinking Bill. I was thinking Bill. I could go on Air Force One with Obama, Mr. President Obama right now, and I could say to the world, I don't have nothing to prove. You know what that feels like? I don't have nothing to prove. It's not that, see, there's, there's, a, there's a tension, even with looking, you know, putting everything behind. Because what am I saying? I'm saying when God the Father breathes and talks to you and says, ah, you've got a good desire. I've made you exceptional. All I'm saying is it brings a level of security and identity and function of my life. I love God and he loves me. And I don't have to be insecure or compete with anybody. I don't have to compete with one other saint on the planet. Because he knows me. And he talks to me. I'm going to share something that happened recently in the car. Now again, I'm going to be pretty vulnerable here. And I hope nobody gets mad and they don't walk away and they never come back. But for whatever reason, I'm having a hard time with this cell phone. Two, two, I can look on my, my record. I had three cell phone violations in 18 months. I lost my license. This thing costs like two grand. I'm a criminal. I had to go to court. I was scared to death. They let everybody else go, but the cell phone violators, they were first, they were no grace for the cell phone people. So at first it was like, what a hassle. 
This is unjust. This is answering the phone. After three, you know, Wanda's up to here. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're filing papers. Like you're, I'm not living like this. Like I got a major gambling problem. <laughs> but she's getting my attention. So I, I'm a good boy for a while. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm a good boy for a while. All of a sudden, I don't, what is it? I need to take the dang thing and just put it in the trunk. But whatever's happening, does he ever know, you know, it's charging, you got it there. It's nighttime. It's nighttime. I'm driving. It's raining. And who knows why? I don't even got the little beep, you know, the goofy little beep. It tells you, you know, big deal. Somebody notified you on Facebook. Like, who cares? <laughs> but it's talking to you. It's getting your attention. And all of a sudden, you got to look down. Maybe I'm the only one. You look down. You're looking down at the phone. Swipe, swipe. The, the, the little digit. I don't know why I got it locked. That takes time and distraction. Then for some reason, I got a Facebook notification. Okay, so I can't just leave that. I got to hit Facebook. Boom, then you're looking. I am looking. I am distracted. He disciplines those he loves as clear as a bell. He said, put that damn phone away. No, hold on. Because this is what he said to me. You are going to kill somebody. And when that, if that happens, because I, I now have a choice in this thing. I have to part, I have a choice. So every time now I go to look, I'm going to kill somebody. That, that kind of, that's a game changer, okay? Not long after that, we're being honest, Right? I get, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in a work, I'm a work in progress. I go to look for a second. The car deviates for a second. How many of you know this is true stuff? The car deviates. I stop myself, I get back online, 200 yards, three people, all black, side of the road. Three people, dark. It's their fault they don't have reflective lighting on? No, it's my fault for using my cell phone. When the Lord told me, if you continue this behavior, you're going to kill somebody. It's like, oh my God. Is my making any sense? This is an encounter with the living God. This wasn't warm and fuzzy and you got, you're beautiful. This was like, you better stop doing this. Because I would hate to see you ruin your life over this freaking cell phone. That's what he told me. Another story, real quick on that, how God warns us and talks to us and prepares us. It's a fantastic teaching. I, I get the story a little confused, but I know this is accurate. I think it was Jack Deere. He, he, it's a public teaching, so he, you can go on the internet. God, is, he's an amazing teacher in the body of Christ. He was doing amazing things with God, and he was doing like the stock market thing when everybody was kind of, what did they call that when you were home doing stocks? Day trader? He was doing really well. Really, really well. The Lord told him to sell. He ignored it. The Lord told him to sell. He ignored it. Guess what happened? The barrel fell out, lost everything. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. He shares that story the same way I'm sharing the story because God is talking to you. You know, we can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit of the living God. He is talking to us. There are some here that doors need to shut. There are things that need, you need to stop. We'll just leave it at that. Okay? So as we prepare to close, I pray that this is making some kind of sense. I really do. Because sometimes you feel like you're so full, but you want to relay something so simple that God is talking to you. The same way he talked to Moses and Abraham. And I've had people say to me, 
And I got it written down here because it wasn't one person. It was over many, many years. There's just a dark cloud over them. Well, let me say it like this. You can live under the influence of a lie. You can literally live your life under the influence of a lie. It's not true. It's a dark cloud over you. Somehow it's there. It's hindering you. It's hindering your spirit and your life to see and to hear properly. And what God wants to do is break off those lies off of you, and he wants to release truth over you so that you can be healthy and you can be in wholeness and you can walk in freedom. Because when you speak with your tongue, God does not speak to me. I believe you are living under a lie. When you say out loud to a friend, to your kids, to God himself, God does not speak to me. I believe you are living under a lie. And you are the ones that I like to go after more than anything today. And we're going to have the prayer teams come up at the end. And sometimes just taking a step and saying, man, I believe that lie. I want to break that lie. I want to come into freedom and wholeness. I want to have an encounter with the living God. I want to experience God talking to me. There's a, there's a bottleneck. There's a block. Sometimes it's, it's, as I was writing this, I said, you, you feel trapped. There's been a lot of pain. There's been, like Elijah, there's confusion. And all of a sudden, you're running. And you're like, God's not even around. He's a million miles away. And we're saying, Holy Spirit, come and break this thing off. So that the saints of God, as they move forward into a brand new year, for me, one of the major keys would be to encounter God's love changing your life. You have to be able to hear his voice. The Lord spoke through our sister today. You got to hear his voice. Because when you hear his voice, his voice, above all the other voices, over all the white noise, over all the static, over all the interference, over every distraction. I'm telling you, when you hear his voice for you, through his word, through God's people, and through your personal experiences with the Holy Spirit and with God, he's going to bring you into places of comfort like you've never experienced joy and strength and power and grace and healing and unspeakable love. Why? Because when you hear his voice, there is a level of confidence that you will walk in. There's a level of purpose that you will walk in. There's a level of security you will walk in. There's a level of friendship with God that you will walk in by being able to hear his voice. The ability to hear his voice The ability to hear his voice was something that you did not do for yourself. The scripture says we were dead in our trespasses. We were not alive. We became alive. We were quickened to a new birth, given a new heart, given a new life, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we are born again, we are new, the old is gone. We now have the ability to personally, one-on-one, we don't need nothing against, but it just came to me, we don't need any other intercessors, we don't need priests, we don't need statues, right? We don't need anything. We don't need any other mediators. Jesus has done it all so that we can have this union with the Father. Okay? Let's pray together. We're going to land this thing and give a little bit of time for ministry. There are those of you who are here who've actually said these words. He doesn't talk to me anymore. I don't hear his voice. Never going to put anybody on the spot, but I want you to be real with God in this very moment.
And if that is you, I want you to come up after, and I want you to get a touch from a person, the laying on of hands in a person, and they're going to come, they're going to break lies off of you. That We're going to break that specific lie. So ministry team, when you come up in a bit here, the prayer ministry team, the healing teams, when you come up, you're going to go after that lie that they've said it out loud. Because, you know, there's power in this tongue of ours. There are also those who are here who have been dry. The word dry means you feel like you're in a season of dryness. That there's been a season in your life where maybe you're not experiencing him as much as you think you should. Or this whole language about encountering God, hearing God, experiencing God, it's so different from maybe what you're even used to. But in your spirit, you know, in your, you bear witness to things in your spirit. So in your spirit, that hunger, that more, we're going after the more just means I want to be secure and whole in my love relationship with God. I love God. He, he's alive. He's, he's living in me. He's made me the, his home. We're the temple of the living spirit of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The reality that you abide with God. How can he not talk to you? How dysfunctional of a house. You ever meet people, they don't talk to each other? They live in the same house, they don't communicate. He lives in your house. He's talking. So we want to break these ears open so that you can maybe adapt or embrace some new language of like, I'm learning to hear that voice. And like Samuel, maybe you're a boy. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're, this is something you haven't practiced a lot. But I tell you, you've got to find this, this dynamite. You've got to be hungry and seeking the Lord. In this, in this, I believe there's a desire that God wants to say, I want to go after this thing. It's not performance. It's not religion. It's a desire to say, God, I want to hear your voice. I believe we can hear his voice consistently, continually. It's an ongoing thing. And there'll be moments where it's more powerful. I'm not going to lie to you. That manifest presence watching that game, experiencing that encounter, was, was a, you know, we love rating things, a one to ten. It was like an eight. And then when I heard him talk about me, you know, just, you know I'm just saying he's talking. So, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray for each one of your saints. I pray for the people of God here in this room that can hear my voice, that, God, they would know the same way that they are born again, that they've been quickened, and they are alive, and their spirits are alive, and they have, they have the mind of Christ. They have a new heart. They have the capacity that you have given us to hear your voice. Because when we hear your voice, we are changed. We are transformed from the inside out. And God, you want to go in and you want to heal places that need to be healing. You want to touch places that need to be touched. You want to inspire things that are still there. But you want us to be alive. You don't want us to be walking zombies and dead inside because we have believed the lie that we can't hear your voice and we're confused, and we're running away. So God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, even now, that you would just do this work. It's a work of the Spirit. That you would just take this seed, this word that's being released, and there would be great transformation in God's people today. So Howard, if you wouldn't mind, just play a little background soft music for me. you're battling any type of healing today, any physical healing, I want you just to hear God's voice right now. Father, we pray for every single person here who's battling any physical, anything physically. Father, as we head into this new year, this heartbeat of contending, of going after healing, we release healing in this place. We believe that Jesus, by his stripes, by his body being broken, every provision was made 
for supernatural healing and divine health for God's people. So we pray now in Jesus' name that healing would flood this place, that we would hear of miracles. Tell the miracles that you experience. So healing will go out. I know two very intense situations I'm going to release over all of you, whether you know them or not. Mary's sister-in-law, Dawn, has been battling for her life. This is family time. Mary, we pray for Dawn. We stand with you. We release healing to Dawn. We believe God for a complete restoration of every system in her body. We pray for Dawn. We're in agreement for healing to come that she'll rise up. We speak life over her and healing over her. For her and her children and her grandchildren. Father, right now, Pastor Bob Campbell in Geneseo is battling for his life. Father, we pray that the swelling in his brain, the fluids, the liquids, everything that is happening, God, thank you that you know exactly what's happening. But Lord, we declare, we, he, Pastor Bob is one of the guys in the region who has taught us to make a decree, to say, make a declaration. And we say, Pastor Bob, you will rise up off that bed. You will, we speak health and healing to your body and to your brain. Father, do a miracle. I pray, God, for every other situation that I'm not aware of. There are always situations going on, especially here in this room where you are here and you are moving. Pray for every sickness and every disease to bow to Jesus. Father, I pray for where there is no hope that hope invades hopelessness today. That the hope, the God of hope, hope invade hopelessness. In any situation of your life, God wants to release hope and expectancy in your heart. Holy Spirit, we thank you for life. We thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you in all the different ways that we will experience and encounter you in this beautiful new year of 2016. We thank you for our relationship with you. Father, bless God, bless your people today. Strengthen them, fill them. We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhope.com.